0: India has 300 million gamers right but probably only 70-80 million payers right so the challenge is not finding the pe- people to engage, the challenge for any game developers is monetization. Uh, you know esports is one area where India I think can right like truly can be like a global leader like why not right like India and China like just by by rights right in terms of population you would expect like the best athletes in the whole world to be found in India and China right.
1: Hi everyone, it's Yuval Passov, your host of GameOn Asia, a podcast about the mobile gaming ecosystem in Asia. Today I'm talking with Joe Wadeke-Salakal, Senior Vice President of Corporate Development and Investor Relations at Mobile Premier League, MPL. If you don't know about MPL, You should know, since they are almost a unicorn, valued at $945 million after the last round earlier this year of $95 million. Why you should listen to episode number 6? Because this is the best episode ever. And seriously, this is your podcast for gaming in Asia. You will learn a lot more about the gaming market in India new marketing strategies for your game, the culture of paying for competitive games, esports and how India is going to be number one in the world and how MPL plan to increase the engagement of their users. In case you missed our previous episodes, uh, make sure to check uh, episode number one on Vietnam, episode number two on Japan, episode number three on India, number four in Southeast Asia and number five on China. In each episode, we look deep into the market, understanding what's worked there, what you should know before launching the game, uh, and many other things. So go back, make sure to check them, and for now, enjoy our new episode. Uh, first of all, um, thank you very much for, for joining. I know that it's it's quite busy time for you, so I appreciate that. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it no worries um i think that we we can start with just uh if if you can introduce yourself in in 1 minute um uh, for for those that don't know you,
0: I am a little bit of a mut. Uh, my uh, you know I'm originally from 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 India. Uh, my parents are both from India. I was born in Cochin in Kerala, uh, but about a month after I was born, uh, moved to Indonesia and, and sort of never looked back um, for the first 18 years of my life. Just you know, screw up there, spent my entire life there. Um, and then I, I went to an international school while I was there. And, um, that, that led me to the U S uh, for my undergrad. And I was there for, I, I went to California. I was there for four years, then, um, started off as an investment banker and then moved over to uh, private equity and was in New York doing that for about five years. And, um, after that moved back to Indonesia, had the kind of entrepreneurial bug, started a couple of companies. Some of them did fairly well. Some of them did not. Um, and then after that, uh, you know, joined up with MPL and moved to Singapore and here I am. That's, uh, the sort of the, the, the short, in, the short kind of background.
1: Perfect. Just under one minute. Um, let's move on. We'll play, uh, a quick association game it's part of our tradition i will say one word and you will say the first thing that comes to mind we'll start with indonesia mpl southeast asia
0: and uh, my parents to be honest okay covid uh, so what was the question the first thing that comes to mind is is honestly like the words w the, the words wtf <laughs> when, you, when you say covid <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> I uh I, I I agree I agree. Uh Singapore? I would say, you
0: know, like high-tech
1: venture capital. <sighs> venture
0: capital. Um <laughs> venture capital. I don't know, opportunistic. <laughs>
1: okay. Travel um traveling Bali. That's easy. And and uh, metaverse? Ooh, I mean
0: video games, right? I just think about video games when you say the metaverse.
1: Perfect, perfect score. Uh, let's move on to the the first official question. Where did you start your journey with uh, with gaming?
0: I f- I started gaming with the NES console. Uh, I don't know if you remember that, but it's basically like the the eight bit Nintendo. Um, my dad came back from like a he didn't know what pandora's box he was opening he he came back from a trip in germany and he just got this device and i was just hooked you know i remember playing mario and duck hunt and all these games back in the day and frankly just been a gamer my entire life um when i was a teenager i I like tried to set up my own like website for gaming so i was always interested in in kind of doing something in gaming but Never knew that there was anything to do, frankly. Never really understood the business side of it. I think as a mobile gaming consumer, especially as a kid, you just never think about the business side of of gaming, you know? Um, So never really thought that that was an option, Um, but always have been a gamer. And I kind of fell back into gaming when, um, ironically, via finance, so I started started off as an investment banker and covered TMT. And then I ended up working for this private equity fund called ZM Capital, um, which happened to also run Take-Two. So they also happened to, um, you know, they also happened to kind of be the management team of of Take-Two, which as you know, has, you know, Grand Theft Auto and, and all, you know, the 2K studios has NBA 2K and and a bunch of really, really great games. So uh, ironically I mean I don't know if it's ironic but I guess interestingly uh, when I was in private equity I got exposed to the the business side of gaming I always thought it was again interesting but um didn't think it was really penetrable for me especially because I wasn't someone with a technical background um but I was always interested in media so actually when I moved back to Indonesia after private equity I um after my time in private equity I started a couple of media companies. And, and then I got a call from, uh, the folks at Gojek, uh, you know, telling me that they were looking at this company MPL that had just recently launched. This was 2018. It was actually after I sold my, my previous media startup. And uh, I was, I was actually looking to start a new company or looking to kind of launch something new when I got a call from, from the guys at Gojek and they said, look, you know, we know you're interested in doing something um, new, and th- this is actually Go Ventures. The guys at Go Ventures that called me and said, uh, "But you know, we we think we should you should really take a look at this company uh, because it's just growing like crazy." So that's when I met Sai, uh, the CEO of and the founder, or the co-founder rather of, of MPL. He happened to be in Indonesia at the time. I met with him. Just clicked, uh, you know, and and honestly, just felt like MPL was. So this once in a generation opportunity. I, I wasn't coming in on the technical side at all. I, I joined as the CEO for Indonesia and, and Southeast Asia. So I joined to lead this region. Cool.
1: Yeah, I think that you said that uh, just now. Said that it was an amazing ride. But I think that for, for those that don't know about MPL, uh, Mobile Premier League, you raised you know over ninety million dollars. The numbers look great. Um, and and I think that. It would be great to, to, un, to understand what are, what are you doing. And I know that you have like the eSport and the mobile gaming platform and you were in Indonesia and Southeast Asia, but a lot of the activities in India. So if you can give us kind of like a summary of that and, and what specifically is your role?
0: Sure. So, what I mean, maybe it's helpful if I just tell you what MPL is trying to do. If i had to summarize it in one line yuval i would say you know mpl's mission is to democratize esports right so what does that mean it just it just means allowing any user any mobile user anywhere in the world to participate in sport, esports so esports tournaments of any scale whether that's a 1v1 tournament or whether that's a you know 10 million person tournament for any game at any time right so that means if you want to be in a ten million person you know fruit chop or fruit ninja tournament and, and find out who the best fruit ninja player is in the whole world, you can come to MPL and do that. If you want to do a um, you know ten person death match for you know like a first person shooter and and do that at MPL, then you know MPL is also the the the, the place for you to do that, right? So the idea is if we just want to be that one venue where all these tournaments can be held.
1: Okay. And and currently I know that you started it in Southeast Asia and there is activity um you know the, the the bigger activity in India. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about the difference and and where are you heading to because you are doing a lot of like the partnership and and growing the companies uh, maybe beyond the region.
0: Yeah, so you know I actually I I started off Um, running Indonesia, right? So I I joined to kind of look after the region and in particular Indonesia. Um, But today I look after, um, I I, I operate a bit more centrally. So I manage all of our corporate finance, uh, all of our corporate development. And, you know, you're right. The business is today primarily in India. Uh, India has just, just had tremendous traction, you know, because I think although the, gaming space is fairly nascent there's more of a culture in india for paying for real money you know for for paying for for games right particularly for paying for these competitions on games right there is a bit more of a real money gaming culture um and, and I think that's that's a big reason why India has scaled so successfully.
1: But, but just to understand, you said that the, 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 the gamers in India are used to paying for games. So where, where is that coming from?
0: Yeah, so I think
1: you know um, real money gaming for games has, is, is
0: a relatively new concept. Um, it's been there in, in some form or another over a long time, but um, in in the current sort of digital incarnation, in the way we've done it, I guess it is it is fairly novel. That being said, I mean, there India does have a fairly long-ish, I'd say, ten plus years kind of tradition of, of at least kind of daily fantasy sports. Right? There's, uh, you know, there's also a fairly kind of um, you know fairly common practice around playing card games like Rummy and and you know doing that for money.
1: And and how is it? So you spoke about uh, fantasy sports. You know, Dream Eleven also last year raised quite a lot of money. Um, how how is that the the stuff that you are doing is 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 related to to what they are doing? Because you are more focusing more on the on the games, right? The skill games.
0: We are very much focused on being a a platform, right, Yuval? I think um, we view you know fantasy is a great market. It's a big market. and It's a growing market, but it is. You know, it's one market, right? I think for us at MPL, we're very much focused on, on allowing the gamer or providing as many options as we can to the gamer, right? So if the gamer wants to play fantasy sports, they can play fantasy sports. If they want to play Rummy, they can play Rummy. If they want to play card, you know, if they want to play um, uh, regular games, like casual games, they can play casual games, right? We, we, we are open to everything. We don't like one of the core tenets, I'd say, of the, of the business is um, we don't judge the customer, Right so that means is we let the customer we let the customer you know we basically provide as many options as we can to the customer and then we let the customer do whatever he wants
1: okay yeah and and how do you keep the you know the the content and the games uh to be relevant let's say for the Indian market you work with local developers um you 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 partner with you know other games from other countries what's kind of like your your plan around this?
0: Yeah, so we, we work with third-party game devs to build titles on the platform. We also work with established game developers to bring their titles onto the platform as well. Um, one of the beautiful things about games, Yuval, is that, you know, games have no language, right? Um, it, it, you know, there's no, you know, you can have, for example, like, you know, CD Projekt Red, right? Which is a Polish company, if I'm not mistaken. Um create one of the greatest kind of RPGs in the world, right? In Witcher, <laughs> right? Where, which is, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting for everyone. It doesn't, it doesn't have a language. I mean, you can have, there's so many Japanese games, for instance, that are you know, never like, that are all just Japanese. Like they're even in, you know, they've never been even translated to English, but they do really, really well. Right. Because um, people, it's not about the language. It's about the experience of, of playing the game. So I think that's one of the really, you know, compelling parts of the platform is that we don't need to adjust the content for each market where we operate. What what we need to do is just make sure we have the best games in general. Now, look, that being said, there are certain markets where certain games are just going to do better, especially games that are tied to real physical sports, right? So for example, our cricket, we have this great game called WCC Cricket, like that game probably not going to do that well in, in, in Indonesia or the US, right? Because there just aren't that many cricket players in, in, in those two markets. It's not, it's not so big, but, you know, conversely, like basketball, like if you had an NBA game or like, you know, a basketball game, I don't think that would do so well in India because India is not really a basketball country, right? So I think with that, there is some nuance, but in general, you know, the games are uh, quite global.
1: It's it's interesting that you're you're saying that because you know in one of the last episodes I was talking with Saluni from Lumikai Fund, and you know, one of the things that uh, they are trying to do is kind of develop the ecosystem of you know mobile gaming India first startups that will, you know, take the you know local games like Remy, but also like historical games and bring it to locally to the Indian uh, gamers. Um so and as you said, like cricket would work better in India, and in terms of you know probably lifetime value and, and so on. How do you look at that? Do you do you want to partner with you know with local developers? I know that it's still early stage, but just to get your perspective on this.
0: Yeah, sure. So look, I I think I I, I don't I don't see how they cannot live together. Right is is sort of the short answer. I think we would love nothing more than to take you know, a game that's developed by a game developer in India and give that game developer a global audience, whether that's in, you know, in in Indonesia, whether that's in the US, whether that's in Europe, wherever that is. I mean, the MPL platform is going to be a global platform, right? I think what that does is it then gives a, a brand new path for game developers to spread their IP to the entire world. Right, that that's beyond just the existing paths for distribution. It's, it's it's frankly a new way for them to distribute their content, and the other thing to realize, uh, Yuval, which I think is very critical, is that competition is at the heart of gaming. Right, like there are basically two reasons why people play a game. Okay. Reason one is you want to live inside the movie, meaning that you essentially want to be part of this immersive world, right? Which is why, like, think about the lifetime value of 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 a of of a movie, right? Would you ever watch it? I mean, like, typically, right? You you pay for a movie once, but that's it. You don't yeah. really watch a movie again, except maybe if it's like Star Wars or maybe something from the MCU, right? Unless it's truly iconic. But even then, when you're watching it again, you're maybe watching it with your kids, like you really lose the enjoyment uh, after the first time, I think. Right. But for a game, a game is not like that. Right. Like, like think about think about chess. Right. If you you love chess, right. Playing it once doesn't doesn't take away from playing it again in the future. Right. It just many games, the best games, rather, they get better and better over time. And. Um, you know, a lot of that again is, is, so again, one reason, right? It's immersive, it's super immersive. So that's why it gets better and better. But the other part is competition, right? Like the other main reason people, people play games is to compete. So the chess example is actually better suited for the competition element. Like there was no competitive element to chess. People would never play chess, right? Um, games are all about competition. I thought, I don't think this is something that people really appreciate. Right, so what the MPL platform does, right, is it allows game developers to compete on that axis of competition, which is the most compelling reason why people actually play games.
1: Yeah, so so as a game developer, I can uh, contact you, right, and 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 that would be great to understand. You know, uh, what, what kind of the business model for a game developer? How how are you working? So if I have a great game. Um, what would be the process, um, and you know how can you help me scale or or be profitable? Yeah, look. So for us, I think in terms of scale is look, we can get you to an
0: extremely large audience, right? We have in India alone today like four and a half million cash playing users monthly, right? So these are these are users who are like playing, paying for cash, right? One of the biggest challenges, especially in emerging markets, like look, India has. 300 million gamers, right? But probably only 70, 80 million payers. Right, so the challenge is not finding the pe- people to engage. <laughs> the challenge for any game developers: monetization, right? Especially in emerging markets. So I think the the massive benefit is: hey, we've found all those users, so we can just tell the game developer, look, you come onto the platform, and we can help you monetize all these users who have a very very high propensity to pay. And what the business model for them? So essentially, we we share the uh, the revenues that we generate from the competitions on those games. Mm-hmm. Right. So whatever we generate in terms of revenues, we will share, you know, any, anywhere from, you know, depending on the low end, it'll be, you know, 20, 30 percent. On the high end, it'll be 40, 50 percent. Right. Mm-hmm. We'll share that revenue, incremental revenue with the game developer. Um, the, the other nuance here, Yuval, which I think is really important to, to flag is that... um you know, our platform is not is not going to be like Netflix today, right? At least today, maybe in the future. But where we are today is like, we're not going to have 10,000 games on the app, right? We're only going to have 50, 60, 70 games on the app. So we're also quite selective, I would say. Like We do have a fairly robust internal assessment process where we evaluate the potential, you know, the viability of the game. We look at the retention curves. We look at the existing profitability of the game. And we ensure, you know, we we take a look at the competitive elements of the game because that's obviously critical. Like, we're never going to integrate an RPG, for example, into the MPL app today. At least, we we wouldn't do that. Um, it needs to have a very very clear cut competitive element that we can monetize. Um, and so, you know, we we go through a fairly thorough evaluation because we have to be selective. Um, and then, if there's a fit, we essentially sign up a deal with the with the game developer to publish their their uh, their game on the app. And we also try to publish their, their game off app. So we, we try to take their, uh, publishing, we, 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 try to help them publish, um, on the play store as well. Um, and we do both. Right. And then, um, we bring them on, we, we, uh, we, we start hosting tournaments and then we start monetizing the, 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 the content and, um, and, and we share that with the, with the game developer. Mm, okay,
1: and and if you if you look at like what, what the best monetizing genre currently on on the platform, what, what it would be? Yeah. Look, I
0: think the sport games are very popular. Uh, typically, uh, and then there are the the kind of ca- what we call sort of the casual classics. So essentially, these are games like uh, you know similar to the similar game mechanics as like a Tetris. Um, you know, similar game mechanics, like a maze runner, right. Mm -hmm. Um, those kinds of games, like a fruit chop, right. Those games are, are persistent and do very, very well. Mm Um, I covered sports already. And the other one I would say is, is, is again, not, um, I mean, I guess it falls under sports, but games like, you know, caroms and pool and chess, those games are also very, very strong games. And those are evergreen games. You know, they, they, they never lose their popularity.
1: And and if we talk about the plans, what are the plans to to go beyond um, your your current activity in terms of uh, geos, in terms of product? So I think in terms of product,
0: um, one thing we've done really well is we've built a very very strong RMG kind of real money gaming product on the back of uh, games and and fantasy sports and cards, uh, and that's just that's just the first prong, right? I think the second part. That the second part of the product that is that is going to be launching soon is is what we're doing or you know what we're doing around um, content and the creation you know content creation and engaging with content creators and cultivating content creators on the app I think that's what's really really exciting is soon we'll you know we already have the biggest tournaments um, essentially we already have you know the Wimbledons of casual gaming and and midcore. Gaming titles on uh, the MPL app, but right now we're not really broadcasting any of that content. Right, um, we're just we're just we just have these massive tournaments where people are playing. Um, just to give you a sense of scale right we're doing 3 million plus tournaments a day right on 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 the app right so it's it's an insane number of tournaments and and some of these are you know up to 100,000 200,000 person tournaments but none of that content for you know the people playing in these tournaments is currently being broadcast or distributed we're just starting that out but you'll see us ramp that up at a ve- in a very uh, in a very kind of fast and aggressive way, I think uh, later this year, and that what that does for us is it, it it creates a a new business model for us that's not just driven by RMG or Real Money Gaming, but allows us to eventually monetize the engagement on the
1: platform, right? So people will actually stay stay on the app for longer time, right? Because they know that there there is a big tournament, and it will be the same app as as the one that they are playing.
0: Correct. So it's not just about, you know, it's not just about coming on and playing. Because right now, look, you come onto the app and you and you play, right? Like you come onto the app and you play and that's it. Like that's, that's if I had to boil it down, that's the core value proposition. But what we're doing is we're adding another value proposition where you can come onto the app and watch and engage and learn, right? And, and see what other people are doing and, you know, and engage with other players. And you can start to build... Your own content on the platform, right? Are based, are again, circled around these tournaments. So it's centered around these tournaments. So the content will always be around gaming and, and, and in particular competitive gaming. But now you'll finally have a way to kind of create that content and build an identity on the on the platform. That's just beyond you playing games and monetizing that.
1: And the idea that you will then monetize the content in terms of ads or something else?
0: Potentially, I think ads is one way to go. Um, you know, ads is ads is, is ads are the lowest hanging fruit. Um, but we'd love to be a little bit more creative with respect to monetization. I think um, virtual gifting and 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 tipping, you know, are, are other things we can do. Um, but you know, we're still. I would say this is still in the, in the experimental phase, right. We're still, we're, we're right now, honestly, even if I'm not able to monetize engagement at all, I will indirectly, I mean, the app indirectly benefits because the more time people spend on the app, you know, the more that we can monetize them via our kind of existing RMG business, you know? And so that's, you know, there's a benefit to either to the business to just keeping users on the platform and on the app longer.
1: Okay. So, so you said like RMG, right? You know that's something that you developed. The thing is like the content and, and creators. That's the second product, um, and then you want to move into like geos, or there is any other products on in the pipeline.
0: Yeah. So the only thing I would add is what we're doing with respect to esports, right? So that's also that revolve. I mean, that's that's tied in with the content, but you know what we're what we're trying to do, Yuval, essentially is you know we, all these kind of large esport tournaments that you see that are being held offline, there's really no reason to have those tournaments offline, right? I mean, that entire experience, frankly, can be scaled and brought onto one app platform. Right. And so that that is, you know, I'd say that is what that is the next step. We already have all the tools and technology to do that, but we we haven't packaged it. We haven't kind of curated all of that into a media product, if that makes sense, right? Um, whereas when you kind of attend an esports tournament, like a mega esports tournament, like you know one of the ones that would be hosted by like an ESL or something, it's really a curated media experience, right? Uh, so you have sportscasters, you have you know an audience, you have you know an MC, you have commentary, right? You have um, you have kind of maybe some some other entertainment that that uh, you know is interspersed within the the overall show it, it's really a live event right and I think the vision is to bring all of that into um, into the platform and that's actually one of the reasons why we we acquired yeah that's one of the reasons we acquired gaming monk is to bring that expertise in-house um, so I'd say that and, and and obviously when you do that the most kind of most valuable part of all that is is all the content that's being kind of created around that. Right. The other thing from a geo perspective, yes, look, we're trying to expand, uh, into the West. You know, I think, uh, we've seen, you know, we've seen some of our peers in, in, in the U S perform quite well. I think there's, you know, phenomenal market for this in, in, in the U S market. So we are, um, you know, looking at kind of international, we are looking at the West, we're looking at Europe, you know, we're looking at LATAM, um, you know, we're definitely seeing a global opportunity here. Sure. So for India payments, I think we've benefited from two factors that are, we're not really in our control, but we've really benefited from them. Um, the first one is, you know, obviously I think, uh, you know, there's been a lot of competition in the Indian telco space. So I'm sure you've seen the news around Reliance Geo and you know, they're really a really aggressive push to lower the cost of data. And what that's done is it's dramatically driven up. Um, it's dramatically driven up internet access, right? In, in the country. So you now have many, many, many more people who have access to the internet. So that's the first thing. It's the supply problem that's been fixed, right? The second part um, and, and that's relevant, by the way, because even if percentages are really small, which they are, by the way, right, in India, I'd say, like, the percentage of people transacting online are single digits, right, in terms of population. But the population is just so huge that it ends up being a massive number by, you know, relative to any, just in, the, in terms of the total quantum, right? So I, th- I think that's just one thing to flag. Um, but, you know, first, a lot, of, lot more people than before accessing the internet. Second part is, you know, the Indian government has been say very forward um, forward thinking here. They've been very clever about being proactive in terms of setting up the protocols and, and sort of the rails, right, for people to be able to transact online. Um, they have opened up the... Um, the online, uh, rather the fintech space, to a lot of different players in order to try get as as uh, as large of the segment as of the population as possible to be able to actually transact online. Um, that's one thing they've been very proactive in. They've they've also created a, a online payments network, as I'm sure you know, called called UPI, um, which uh, which which essentially facilitates all bank transfers uh, online. Uh, and it's, it's just it's dramatically, frankly, altered the course of, I would say, any any consumer-facing tech startup in India, right? Because it just made payments just so much easier. So I'd say we've really benefited from those two trends. Um,
1: and uh, I, I don't think, other than that, we've done anything, frankly, special. Yeah. Okay. And, and I know that you, you invested a lot of, uh, a lot of money in, in terms of like influencers. How, how did that work for you? Uh, because I think that, yeah, you did quite a like big deals, uh, around that.
0: It's worked really well. I think influencer marketing has been a great, uh, tool to initially set up and launch. Uh, it's essentially been a way for us to gain uh, a lot of customer trust early on. Mm-hmm. um, and obviously you have to, you have to deliver on that promise, you know, like I think that's, that's critical. And, and I think so far, uh, generally we have, um, uh, but yeah, it, you know, it, it is, it is, uh, it, it's a very effective, uh, GTM strategy for us, you know, and I think for a lot of companies, right. It's no secret, uh, influencer marketing as a, as an industry is, is, is massive and growing.
1: And, and last two, last two questions. So one, What do you think would be kind of like the the main challenges that you will have in in India in terms of growing? And and, and not just for you, maybe for any of the mobile gaming ecosystem. Primarily, look, I
0: I think a big part of it is just being currently off of the uh, Android ecosystem, right? So we're currently off... we're off the, uh, the we're, we're not on the Google Play Store, we're, we're you know, we're, we're a loaded app in India, primarily on Android. I think that's always going to kind of represent a challenge for us. Um, I think the only other thing is, you know, the other thing is really, really regulatory, right? We, we just need to ensure that uh, the regulatory climate remains, you know, I mean, well, it's not something we need to ensure, but we hope that the regulatory climate remains you know, conducive and... And we think it will. We think everything is moving in the right direction, right? Again, like I said, we're, we're 100% focused on games of pure skill, or rather predominant skill, a majority skill. And, you know, we think all those games will be eventually classified as esports. But while, you know, and we think governments in Asia and India in particular, they've been quite proactive about looking to regulate esports and create a regulatory infrastructure for esports so that there's no question mark around it. Um, because they, they see that as a, as a sector in which they can actually dominate. Right. I think unfortunately for, um, whatever reason, India sort of missed the boat in terms of, um, dominance in like physical sports, barring cricket and, and maybe like shooting and hockey. Right. But I think, um, uh, you know, esports is one area where India, I think, can, right? Like, truly can be like a global leader. Like, why not? Right? Like, India and China, like, just by, by rights, right? In terms of population, you would expect like the best athletes in the whole world to be found in India and China, right? Just, just in terms of like, uh, probability, right? Just because that's like uh, the 50% of the whole world population is in these two countries. So I think, um, I think you know the government recognizes that and they they see a chance where like esports for now is a fairly level playing field and they're looking to regulate it so we we, we think there's a lot of you know we're very optimistic and we think there's a lot of upside here you know especially once uh, once the government does kind of create some more um more clarity and uh, and does kind of create that regulatory infrastructure for esports.
1: Yeah amazing and as you said you know you have you know over 1 billion um um people and you have 300 million uh, mobile gaming users so of course you will have the best mobile gamers that will participate in the eSports competition coming from India so that's uh, correct we'll see a lot of gold medals from India hopefully hopefully i mean we should um thank you very much for for your time um i, I appreciate that i know that you're super busy but i had uh, you know great pleasure i learned a lot of new things and hopefully also our audience so thank you yeah no absolutely look uh, appreciate
0: you having me it's my very first podcast so i guess it's a new uh new experience for me but uh, enjoyed it thank you and sorry for taking so long to schedule
1: this thank you so much for listening to this episode i hope you enjoyed it and if you did make sure to subscribe using spotify or apple podcast we also have a new website GameOnAsia.net, where you can check the last episodes contact us give us feedback or any ideas And until the next episode, have a great day and game on Asia.